You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Markets have been so extraordinarily volatile and we all know the reasons why. We all know the fundamentals, but what about the technicals? With me now to wade through all the information and sift through all the different indicators is France de Klerk, independent technical analyst, speaking to us from somewhere in the Groot-Kruur, the great desert of South Africa. In fact, we must promote Fosburg, France, because we both live in Bergs. I live in Middleburg in the south of Holland, in Zeeland, and you live in, in, in Fosburg. So we're burgers together. Both of us are burgers. Yeah, you know, Lindsay, it, it's, it, I think there's something about all these crazy little towns. Uh, you either get a guy that like it and he, he, he like to stay here and he, he settles down. And then you get the really the city dwellers and they don't like it. I, I mean, I've got a client, a very rich client that's got, I think he owns, well, he, he's got about, I think it's 10 hotels. So he's a very rich man. But he loves to come to Forsberg just to come and relax. Yes. And um, I mean, then he just ran away from all the has and the buzz. And, but he will never buy a place here. I mean, his wife loves to eat out and all those fancy little things. But I mean, yeah, at, in my little place, um, when they visit us, we've got a little cottage where they always stay. Then they eat millipop and scarp sterkies and scarp chops and and. And he always says to me, you know what, in Forsberg, I can be, and let's call him his name Peter, and it's, he's not, his name is not Peter because he's a very well-known businessman in South Africa. Yes. And he just says, you know what, when, when I'm with you, I can just relax. And I think it's maybe the same thing with your little town where you are. Um, you can be Lindsay, and in my little town, I can be France and walk with my dog and look at the stars. And, I mean, that's that's life. But, I mean, some guys, I mean, if they look at um, our house and maybe um, some of the houses in town, they will say, whoa, not not in a lifetime I'll stay here. But, I mean, I prefer this. I like it to cycle. I like to walk. I like the, the, the clean air. But, I mean, that it depends. But, no, uh, we've got a few things in, things in common, and, and I'm just happy that you chat to me. Jolly good, and I'm happy that you're willing to take my uh, calls, because at the moment it's particularly important, France, because I would imagine that your systems would have all blown up over the last few weeks. Uh, they would have, have caught fire, and you've had to replace them because of the wild gyrations and the huge volatility that we've had. Just in general terms, be, before we get to certain indicators in more detail, what have you made of it all? You know, Lindsay, I, I cannot remember when did we chat, but at that point, we were mentioning something like the stochastic indicator that I like to use for overbought and oversold situations was showing some divergences. And at that point, nobody even thought about that the market will come back. Everybody was was on that theme of that we're seeing all-time highs, um, we see new lower highs, or higher lows every week or so. And you can just go in and you can just buy the market. And, and by doing that, you will retire. And you know when the first warning signals uh, developed was, was, was that first week. And I, maybe we can recall that in, in November. I think we chatted just after that. But in November, mm. we, we had a few sessions where the S&P, and I'm going to use the S&P here, from 4515 to 4520. And I mean, that, uh, that was about 100 points drop in a week and that and and i think that was my first sign that something was on the boil and the reason why i'm saying that that was testing a classic support line 
And from there, um, everybody said, okay, but that's not, uh, that's nothing to worry about. You just go in and you buy it again. And then there was a, a, a beautiful rising wedge. Mm. Now, a rising wedge for maybe viewers or listeners that don't know this program, a rising wedge is usually a warning formation. And what we saw was in the week of November, 15th of November, we saw a little bit of a false break. And then it came back into that wedge. Now, for a technical analyst that's been behind the screens for many years, that's always a warning sign that everybody is so bullish when it breaks up and they say nothing can go wrong. And then the market just turns around and fall on a heap. Now, this is exactly what you say. Everything went bonkers because, you know, when, when the market was up in that first week in 2022, um, I did something to, to gain some CPD points. Now, everybody knows that you need to have CPD points. Um, and I don't give advice, but sometimes I just refer somebody. And that institution said to me, listen, you must, you must get some CPD points every year. So I did this survey and that the start of this, and that's quite interesting, the first question the guys asked was, what was the estimate growth of the market for this year? Yes. And you will not believe it out of many advisors. Now, I know a lot of fund managers and I know a lot of advisors over the years because they became friends. Out of 1,100 that, that, let's say, was involved with that Zoom training session, yeah. you will not believe it. After the session, only 21 of us said that we're going to see a nasty correction and maybe even a bear market. And you know what? When I was so wrong, I thought by myself, hell, the clerk, I mean, you are off the charts. <laughs> now, nobody knew that we could see our index from 72,000 to 60,000 in a matter of three weeks, the S&P 500 from 4.7 to 4,000 in a matter of few weeks. And that just tells you when you've got that optimism that everybody just believe that everything can just go up. That's usually exactly at the point where it turns around and boils over. But we, and I mean, some fundamentalists will say to me, but France, we had this optimism since 2020. And just to finish it off before we start with the technicals, mm. um, Mr. Warren Buffett actually mentioned it. And he said, you know what, if you gave your money to a baboon, Oh, the yeah. past two years, that guy could have made you some money, the baboon, because everything was just going up. And that was exactly the, the big thing. And I actually tweeted about it. You know, I've got different fund managers and the one fund manager, an old dog in the market, a friend of mine, he phoned me and said to me, listen, declare, gives me some selling levels. And I gave him some selling levels of, of the, the stocks that he wanted to sell. And I, and I just left it. And then the, the other guy was a youngish chap, very clever. And he asked for buying levels. Ah. And I said to him, listen, but you're out of your mind. You need to find places to sell now. And of course, I mean, this guy is brilliant. I mean, he's got a, a doctorate. So I don't want to, to even mention that, that you know, um, I, I disagree with him. And he said to me, no, France, new eyes all the time. And who was right? the old dog in the market. And the reason why, <laughs> it was not because he was cleverer than the younger chap. It is just that he have seen in the past that nothing can just go up in a straight line week after week, month after month, and especially on QE. But that is about the story. And you, as you say, everything was off the charts the last six to seven weeks. 
Okay, let's get down. Thank you. Thank you for that synopsis of what's been going on because it has been an astonishing time. I know I haven't prepped you on this and haven't asked you which particular indices or asset classes to have a look at, uh, but the CRB index, you, you've talked about a rising wedge, and I've been looking at the CRB index recently, and since March, there was a huge spike. Obviously, it was uh, energy-related. It was natural gas. It was Brent crude oil, West Texas, etc., and the wheat price, of course, which has gone berserk. Um, but yeah, si yeah. since yeah. March, there, has, there is a rising wedge forming on the CRB index, which worries me somewhat from a South African perspective, because obviously we have a commodity currency. I know you haven't had a chance to look at it yet. So maybe uh, in the background, while you're giving me the idea of what the S&P 500 is doing or the NASDAQ, whichever one you prefer, let's start with the, with, with the US, because the NASDAQ's been a horrible front. But you know what, Lindsay, let's, um, I've got the CRB index here with me. I quickly, uh, while you were chatting, mm. um, let's, can you remember, uh, I think it was a year ago or two years ago, uh, the two of us chatted about the chart and, and we spotted an inverse head and shoulder then. Yes. And, and everybody thought that we actually stupid, I'm sure, because <laughs> at that point in time, there was just, no sort of news or anything that will say that this inverse head and shoulder will, will take off. But I mean, it surprised all of us. And if you look at the CRB index now, it's this exact same thing at the moment, like what we're seeing now that we've seen with the S&P. And we'll come back to the S&P now. Classic rising wedge. Every week or two weeks, new highs. Uh, the maize price, the oil price, the platinum price. Any commodity price just goes up, and it's all driven by inflation. We know that. And I can just say, if I look at the chart like this, I see a lampel formation. That usually tells me that the, the market or the index is just a little bit over overheated. And then just after that, you see a small little breather, and everybody will tell you that is what we call a flag formation. Now, that is usually a bullish flag, and then it just goes over onto a new high. Now, I can remember many years ago when platinum was flying. I was on a radio show and I actually said that afternoon, I said, if I look at the chart, and this is now exactly the CRB index chart that I'm looking at. Yes. I looked at the platinum price then. And I said, we, in those years, we drove an old Camry. I said, me and my wife decided that we're going to, to take the, the exhaust pipe off. And this... <laughs> Only a little bit of platinum in there, but we'll sell this exhaust pipe. And by the money that we make there, we'll buy a brand new Camry. And just after three weeks after that, it collapsed. And this is exactly with the CRB index now. And the big warning sign is if it starts to turn around, it's going to go like a waterfall formation. So we'll go to the S&P now, but just be careful. I'm nervous about the CRB index. It had one hell of a rally. So you agree with me? You agree with me that yeah. there's, there, it's not a perfect rising wedge, which is a bearish indicator, but it's starting to form as a rising wedge. Uh, am I correct exactly in, in, in my layman's terms? Yeah. That's right. We 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 in the beginning of it, and I, I personally believe that we're going to see exactly that false break at the top. And when that turns around, then, then you will see the sell-off. And the big one for me to watch it is the oil price. And I know everybody believes that the oil cannot go below 88. 
And that is the big point for me. If it breaks below 88, you will see all these commodities just turn around and, and off they go. And, you know, one of my clients is one of the biggest soya importers and exporters in South Africa. Okay. And he's a big player in the world as well. And he mentioned something to me this morning when we chatted about the Rand dollar. And he said to me, you know what, France, the way it's going now, we are actually, um, you can almost say gambling. He says, because the farmers are play, paying exorbitant prices for their uh, fertilizer. The prices are through the roof. The diesel is running away. You cannot find parts in, in, in the world uh, to, to service all these wonderful tractors. So what we're doing now, we're playing with fire. We plant and we believe that the prices will go up. And when this commodity cycle turns around, and that's exactly as you say, that tiny little wedge that we're seeing developing is maybe the sign. And everybody will say now, after listening to this wonderful chat between the two of us, will say, but France and Lindsay, are you stupid? The, the war between uh, Ukraine and the, the Russians will carry on and they will never export any um, wheat again and everything is against us. But that's the beauty about technical analysis. Right at the point where you believe that everything is honky-dory, that is exactly the point where you need to look at your charts and say, listen, isn't it maybe just too good to be true? Mm. Very good. Okay. Is the S&P rally today, which is, as, as we pre-record this podcast, up 1.5% at 4,064 on the S&P 500 futures, is that too good to be true? Or did, after the reversal that we saw on Friday, France, and you love reversals as I do, is the reversal yeah, from yeah, Friday... I mean, I mean hmm, it, it was, was that a signal that perhaps it's the worst is over? Please tell me. Sorry, Lindsay, you broke up a bit. You say, what about the relief balance? Uh, no, I, I, was, I was saying uh, on, on Friday, there was, uh, I think it was Friday. Um, it could have been Thursday. I don't know. I, I get jumbled up. But there was a, a reversal on the S&P. It was down about uh, 1.5% at some stage one day last week. And then suddenly it, um, it rallied and ended up. That was a reversal to me. And you like reversals. Yeah. They're key indicators. Yeah. And, and here we are, up 1.5% today. Do you think that the worst is over for the S&P? No, Lindsay. Look, if we look at the Elliott wave structure, okay, first of all, I mean, we were, we were so oversold. I mean, on, on Friday, the, my stochastic indicator on the weekly chart was on an 8 out of a possible 100. So, yeah. so yes, we've been oversold. And, and what we've seen is we've seen that classic reversal in that session where it was first horribly down and then it turned around. And you can almost say that you, you're looking at, I will not call it a morning star reversal because a morning star reversal, it's usually a beautiful bearish candle. Then a nice, I like to see a tiny little doji and I haven't seen that. I've seen a spinning candle. Just to say that the a difference between a doji and a spinning candle, the doji has a small, tiny real body. Now the spinning candle has got a little bit of a big um, real body and that makes me a little bit hesitant to say that it is a, a, a morning star. And then you've got this beautiful bullet candle now now today we're seeing in the in the uh, um, on the on the pre-market you see that that the market wants to go up as you say uh, a percent and a half now what I believe is that we may be busy with with an Elliott wave structure here and if you look at it we've seen the the first wave from let's say from December end of December all the way down to 7th of March then you saw the beautiful relief bounce up to 4635 that took us to 28 march and now we've seen this ugly self now 
we need to maybe go back. And I think that we can maybe go back as 4150. Oh, that's one of my first targets. Yes. And then maybe 4220. Uh, and if we really turn around there, then you'll see the ugly one, two, three, leg five down. And that can take us maybe down to that level of three, seven. Mm. So I believe that we're busy with the relief rally to give the stochastic some play to go up. But if you read anything or if you talk to anybody, they just say the S&P is down. It's a negative start for the year, maybe 18 to 19%. It must turn out into a bullish year. Just buy. Now, um, I just say that if I see this Elliott wave structure, if I see that we're consolidating below the 40-week moving average and we do that, that is negative. Yes, we can see a bounce back to 4.2, but unfortunately, I'm still negative. The only time that I will become positive about the S&P is if we start to close above the 40-week moving average or the 200-day moving average on a daily chart. And that is on double four six oh. If we can break that, that's a different story because then it says to us that the market has maybe discounted all the interest rate dikes and that the inflation will come, um, you know, maybe more controlled. But for me personally, at the moment, while we're below four two, um, four two twenty, I will actually say it's a nice bounce, but it is a bounce in a market that wants to go lower does want to go low there's so many things on my screen at the moment i'm looking at gold i'm looking at the s p 500 we've spoken about that i'm looking at crude oil we all know about that one the south african 10-year bond yield the bitcoin price the u.s 10-year treasury yield crb index we've also mentioned that and so many numerous things bombarding me with information give me one indicator that really encapsulates france de Klerk, uh the the current state of the market and one that you have a strong conviction whether it will go up or down Lindsay, I'm afraid to say that maybe we we in the beginning of the end of the cryptocurrency market. Thank you. And why I'm saying that, and it's not because I'm negative or, and I've said on many a show and on the TV shows and programs that I do not understand cryptos. Maybe I'm stupid. No, you're not stupid. And I'm, I'm happy to admit it, but I do not understand it. But the, as you say, the one thing that, that actually triggered my mind was last year when everybody came out and said, but Bitcoin, and I'm, I, I don't want to, to I mean, uh, talk Bitcoin down. They talked about Ethereum, but they talked about anything. They said, as long as you buy any cryptocurrency unit, you will hedge yourself against inflation because that's the new flavor of, let's call it financial markets. Rubbish. Now, what I did then was hmm. I then compared Bitcoin and Ethereum, but I used Bitcoin more to to the gold price. And I've seen now that the gold price in all this Miami that we've seen maybe lost 10 or 12 percent of its value. But Bitcoin, on the other hand, lost from 65,000 to 30,000. And the biggest thing that I want to check is that double top. There's a possible double top on Bitcoin on a weekly line chart. And that big level there is 32,000. So it is in play at the moment. Mm. And if 32,000 remains a resistance, we can see Bitcoin maybe back at 11,900. Now, yes, then it is not back to zero. But I can tell you now, if it gets to 11,000, you will see sellers come out of the closet like you can't believe. So if there's any chart that I'm nervous about, 
is the let's call it is the crypto space because at with cryptocurrencies do you have real asset value i doubt that do you have the coin in your hand and you know who's the owner and you know what's the earnings or a no. dividend yield no you haven't got it so you you actually buy a pie in the sky with the hope that you can sell it to somebody else and yes if you've sold it you've made a lot of money i'm just nervous because there's a lot of guys that bought bitcoin at 65 60000 with the story of inflation and if that thing does not play out you can see an ugly chart and and i'm just warning i'm not i'm not liking the chart so i may be nervous i'm and i don't have any cryptos i've never had any cryptos but i'm nervous about the chart but that's the one thing that stands out for me the second one is the s&p 500 that everybody believes that the S&P 500 has discounted all the interest rate hikes i mean mr powell only came out now after two, the two meetings and he raised the interest rate if this inflation problem is here the interest rates will just carry on and then there's no way that the S&P unfortunately will go above its 200 day moving average but that's the only two charts that i'm nervous about but the rest i'm okay with yeah i'm just looking at the five year bit Bitcoin chart now a massive, massive double top above um, yeah. above that. Uh, I think what is it, sixty five thousand level, something like around about the sixty thousand level. I think this can come back to ten, eleven thousand easily. It looks awful, yeah. France. Terrible. That that's uh, Lindsay. That's my point. I'm nervous about the chart, and and you know what? That and why I'm also nervous. You know, there's so many people that has absolutely no knowledge. of financial markets that's involved with the bitcoin or the or, or the crypto space yeah and they just believe that it will go up i mean you've been long in the markets for many years i'm also i in in some shares i mean i bought bright yes. and i thought it is a great company and i mean it turned out to be a disaster and the same thing with cryptos i mean and and we've got so many experience behind us but with cryptos people believe You know you will buy you will make money you buy every month and the interesting thing if you look at all these social platforms when cryptos was closed let's call call it bitcoin when bitcoin was close to 63 65000 every social platform that you've opened was just buy bitcoin it's a good investment wow 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 now suddenly it is dead quiet and that just tells me that right at the top there were some guys that knew about it or whatever they sold it onto what we call the plebs and unfortunately let's call me then a pleb if i'm stupid and i didn't buy it or i'm not buying it now but for those people my heart goes out because we all know that instruments sometimes go up and sometimes it goes down and it goes further down that you think and it goes higher than what you thought quite right okay yeah and uh, just one other indicator when it comes to cryptocurrencies on on dutch television at the moment they have this very fancy ad which must have cost them a fortune about a crypto trading platform it's constantly on and i know that when that sort of thing comes out it says well we've got a million users in the netherlands and i i know when that happens that those most of those million people don't know what they're investing in they're just buying something because they've been to a bar and someone says you should buy crypto coins but anyway whatever it is France I hope people don't lose money but um I would I would say that they might be a little bit disappointed if they're hoping to do so France de Klerk how do we um follow your work 
Lindsay Kenner, maybe just finish the crypto space. I do a mm. lot of training on traders for many years. I mean, I've, I've, I don't even know how many traders I've trained over the years. Some is still on my group because they just check my stuff that I sent out. They don't want to watch the charts. They became lazy. They know what I do, so they just follow it. But what makes me very, very nervous is that you get all these, let's call it crypto clever gurus around the world, and then they sell these let's call it training sessions, somewhere for 5,000 US dollars or 10,000 US dollars because this guy's got this magic formula. Now, you know and I know, I mean, I sit in front of this charts day in and day out. I love it, by the way. I just love it. It's my passion. But I look at the S&P and the Aussie day in and day out, and sometimes I need to readjust my strategy. And I need to put something in and and tweak something here or there to make it successful again so that the trade works out. But for these guys to come out and just say to somebody, you've got no knowledge of candles, you've got no knowledge of anything, you just join me, you just pay this 10,000 US dollars, whatever the case may be, and within three hours, you will make money. Mm. Really? So please, I, I, I ask people not to do that. Rather go and buy a book from Steve Neeson, he's a brilliant writer, or or join a stupid Oki in Fosberg or whatever that doesn't ask you that much and just teach yourself. Don't go and spend a ten or fifteen thousand US dollars on a guy that you maybe don't even know. And and it's a waste of time. But okay, the guys can follow our work just visiting our website www.francedeclair.com. And they can read everything up there, and um, that's about it. So, so just thank you for the chat, and thank you for spending some time with me. It was just such a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure with you. Franz de Klerk is from somewhere. No, he's not from somewhere. He's from Fosburg in the Groot Karoo. I would urge you to go and visit that beautiful little hamlet in that wonderful desert in the Republic of South Africa. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.